Hi, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of my sharings. And I just want to give a little heads up for that. It might be a little bit messy because I have the dogs here. Sam is a bit stressed today, so he's walking about. Uh, and he's also, we realized he's a puppy. So he does puppy things, which means that he is digging in the pots, you know, and he's chewing on all the covers of the pillows and he's peeing on the carpet. So it's like having a little baby at home. And uh, that's one thing. And the second thing is that they are drilling in the um, apartment next to me. So I hope this is going to work. If not, I'm going to cancel and I'm going to do this episode at a later point. So today's episode, and thank you everyone who contributed to this episode, how to make uh, aging an advantage. You know, how to turn aging into an advantage. And I don't know if I was a bit bold when I brought this topic up. On, is it possible to make it into an advantage, you know, instead of an obstacle? Because it's inevitable, you know, we are all aging every second, every moment of our life from birth. It's not that we are not aging until we are 30 and then we begin. Every moment, every second, we are. It's just a fact. And as long as we live, we're going to keep doing it. And if we're going to fight it, it may be a bit hard. I think it's an aspect of life that it would be much easier to, you know, not have to consider at all. So I was thinking, because when I, I got all your responses, I was thinking that, what is this about? Is, isn't it? Isn't it really all the all of the judgment and all the fears? Isn't it all about self-love? Isn't it that we kind of lose, that we connect our value with youth? I think that is like a very, very big point that we are in society. We are so youth-oriented. Everything is related to youth, you know. That's where the, the, all the business is, that's where all the growth is, all the uh, building, uh, all the evaluation. And I think we have, we have got a lot of it wrong. There is one part of life where we are growing, there is one big chunk where we are learning, uh, you know, maybe from, from the years 1 to 25 or something, when we are really growing, learning, um, you know, uh, studying and beginning to work and build things. Then comes the second part, when we build families. We have a relationship, we build families and, and we buy a house or, you know, we really evolve around the family. And then there is a phase that comes, like when the family is, is at least in the Western life, like where, where we live, where I live, uh, the family is dissolved at some point. Kids move out. We separate. Uh, we may meet someone new. We get a new constellation with new children and so on. <clears throat> but family is not something that is static. It's not something we can rely on. That I think is uh, in other cultures, there are cultures that are much, much more family-oriented, where grandparents live together, you know, in the same family. The family actually consists of grandparents also. Uh, that's the close family. It's not only mom and dad and children. And I think that is really, really healthy, uh, both for the children and for the parents and the grandparents, because there is a sharing, sharing of knowledge and wisdom and support and... Uh, and also love and care. I don't think that the fear of aging is as big in those cultures as it is in the Western culture where we separate and live alone. It's somehow um, agreed upon that when the children are around 20 or something, they, they move out. 
they stand on their own legs and they get their home. You know, uh, they go to college or mm, they buy their own apartment or rent their own apartment. But at least in Sweden, everyone is supposed to move away from home. And as a parent, you're supposed to manage the separation and you're supposed to manage it well. Not be a victim about it, not be sad about it. Just say, off you go, happy, happy. Thank you for these 20 years. Wish you all the best. <laughs> and then like, and you, you sit there like, what about me? Now what? Now what? So there are many times in life when we can come to this kind of crisis about aging. And when I look at all what you said, and I'm going to go through them, at least nine points, I'm going to go through them one by one. But first, I wanted to tell you about the definition of a midlife crisis. Midlife crisis refers to a phase in a middle-aged person's life, usually between the ages of 35 to 65, wherein they feel compelled to face and slash or re-evaluate their mortality, confidence, identity, and accomplishments. The term was first coined in 1965 by psychologist Elliot Schack. While it's easy to believe that a midlife crisis is caused only by a fear of getting older, a midlife crisis is usually triggered by a life-altering event and has more to do with the anxiety of change than it does the dread of aging. In midlife, sorry, here comes the drilling, in midlife in particular, we may be faced with a number of major life events, such as divorce, a milestone birthday, the death of a parent, a medical diagnosis, or children moving out from home. That force, uh, that force us to face our own mortality and assume, sometimes unwittingly, a new identity. I remember I had my first age crisis when I felt like I am getting old. My life is over. I was 30. It was my 30th birthday. We celebrated it at my house. I had friends over and I wept. You know, I really felt so sad. Like I am getting really, really old now. And when I look back at that point, that was a part in my life when I was se severely depressed, you know. I was really super sad. Just a few years previous to this, I lost my, my, my love in a, the plane crash. So these were the years following that. And I remember that, you know, in three years, nothing of that positive change had happened to me. So I thought my life was over. And I was 30 years old and I felt like, wow, I'm so old. Another time, I, I was 17, and my father was 52, and he died. And I was thinking, my dad, he... But that was okay. He was so old, so that was okay. And here I am now, soon to be 54, and I feel really young. I feel really like life has just begun. Some? No. Some is like watching. <laughs> He's standing on the couch watching out. And I can see him wanting to jump off the ledge straight into my plants. Sam, get down. Okay, uh, so I will now go into some of yours and my own also judgments about aging. And we're going to see if we can turn it into an advantage, okay? The first one is you will get ill. I think that this is something that some of us will and some of us will not. Is there something, the question I, I want to ask when it comes to this judgment, this is not something we know unless it has happened to us already. This is something we can suspect, we can guess if our parents... My dad died of cancer when he was 52. My mom had, had um, many, many chronic illnesses. 
so I can guess that is going to happen to me. But I can also, with, with that knowledge, I can also, you know, take precaution. I can just see that, okay, I may not have the best aging genes. Do I want to live that out? Do I want to have it play out in my life? Do I want to resign into I'm going to be, you know, stuck in a wheelchair when I'm 65 or not? And I've decided early I'm not going to do that, which means that I keep myself fit, that I kind of know that I'm going to get ill has made me turn it into, when I say into an advantage, is that I am eating much more healthy, I do so much more exercise, uh, I sleep extremely well, I really take such good care of me because I know I have these genes, which means that I am now 54 and I think I have a much healthier life than I probably would have had if I didn't know that most likely I'm going to get ill because both my parents did quite early. My grandparents too. So my recent, you know, my, my uh, moment today, my now moment is much, much better than I think it would have been if I wouldn't have this kind of threat of becoming ill as my parents. I just decided early, I'm not going to go that path. I'm going to take super good care of myself because my parents actually didn't. So I can just see that this judgment or this fear of becoming ill has made me turn it into, I'm going to be like super fit. I'm not going to be semi-fit. I'm going to be super fit. I'm going to be really, really well. So if we have this fear that we're going to get sick, do something. It means that your life today can become much, much healthier and better. If you have this fear, take care of yourself. How much alcohol do you drink? How much do you exercise? What do you eat? Do you sleep? Do you sleep seven, eight hours a night? If we do all that, and if we have a positive mindset that I'm going to stay as healthy as I can, as long as I can, and that starts today, which means I'm going to have many, many more years of health than if I didn't have this fear or judgment. Do you follow me? Okay, so that's number one. You will get ill. Okay, do something today. Don't wait for it. Have a good, healthy life today. And let's see. Only the future can tell, right? Number two. You will not get a job. Unfortunately, this has a big chunk of truth in it. If you lose your job when you're 53, 54, 58, it is much more difficult to get a job because of society and judgments. This is something we can change together just radically change. And instead of seeing that, okay, we are, especially we have so many women who has kind of checked out their kids, who are super skilled, really, really independent, competent, have a lot of wisdom. They don't have to stay at home with kids who are sick. There is so much more time and there is so much experience if you compare someone in their 30s to someone in their 50s, you have 20 plus years of experience. Life experience, work experience, wisdom, and you also have the time. So to not employ a person, especially a woman who's 55, that's plain stupid. That's so judgmental and it's discrimination. And I advocate that we join forces to fight this because it's not okay. And actually, we are in the absolute best phase of our life. So I would say to everyone wanting, you know, looking for staff, 
you should look for people 50 plus. Really, really. Uh, and the ones who actually seek your job being 55, those are the ones you should hire. Just to have that self-confidence to go there, in there, over and over again, say, I can do this. You know, uh, I have so much experience. You could hire me for almost any job and I can do it because I have lived such a long life and I have worked in so many different areas. So I think that this, you will not get a job. I think we need to have a change in society. We need to really radically talk about this. It's like racism. It's like any other, you know, sexism. This is ageism when I see it being played out totally. It's in the work area. So here I really strongly advocate that we join forces, DME for anything we can do. If we can create a movement, if we can go together, I am totally in for this. Okay, that was number two. I'm sorry, you will not got to get a job. It has a big chunk of truth. Okay. It doesn't mean your life is over. Number three, you will be lonely. Okay, why is that a fear or a judgment? And is it true? And whose fault is it? How well do you care for your elderly people? How well do you care for your parents? Or are you one of those who are just letting them be alone? This is something I feel like, okay, if we have this fear, this is something we need to change in ourselves. It's not that old people become lonely by accident. Of course, there is a big truth in that their friends die. And that is so sad to grow old and watch your friends die and disappear one after one after the other. That is so sad. I witnessed this in in my, my child's grandmother. Does that make her lonely? No, she has us. And it's up to us to relate, to connect, to bring her into our community, to go get her to family gatherings, to go take the family gatherings over to her place and to engage and really talk to her and see there is, there is another layer in these old people, the elder generation, where we have time, you know, to really go in and ask and share wisdom and listen to them, listen to, to all their stories. There is a big, big piece of our world that's going to die with them. They belong to the non-internet generation. It's going to die with them. We need to gather that knowledge. How was life before? We need to be curious. We need to hang out with them. So if you have a fear of becoming lonely and you have a judgment around this, do your part. Go hang out with elder people. Include them into your community you know, cook food for them. If you live like I do in a, in a rental building, there are 10 elderly people. I have begin, begun to talk to them. My, my child is sh- doing grocery shopping for them. Thanks to the pandemic, we are relating in a totally different way. And I feel that to live like we live, loneliness should not be a problem because in Sweden, like 50% in Stockholm live alone. Why is that? It's not that aging is making us lonely. We are lonely as it is. And if we can't do something today, if we're not doing anything today, it's not going to change in the future. So I feel that if we don't want to be lonely, we need to relate today. We need to network and build networks today with other people. We really need to take care of the ones that we feel that we disregard, that we think are lonely. This is something like networking. You can network with elder people. You don't have to network with people your own age. You can network with anyone. And there are different levels of networking. 
Some of them is just being kind, doing grocery shopping. Some of them is making a meal, go up, uh, you know, sit there, enjoy a meal together, have a glass of wine. And then you go back into your apartment. There are so many ways, but we are so bad at it. I'm just learning. I'm just learning because I realize I am getting there. And I think if we can get this skill lower in the ages, like my daughter, she's 19. She has realized the importance of being a servant, you know, of giving, sharing to other people. And she loves her, what shall I say, uh, friends in the house here. She loves to do the grocery shopping. She loves when they call her, just ask how she is and so on. She doesn't have any grandparents. So I think that if we include the elder generation, if we become better at that, our children will see what we do and they will follow. Other people will follow. And we don't have to keep it in our family. Include and reach out beyond your family. If you don't want to be alone, do something today. Act today. This is my my conviction that if we act if we do today, it's going to happen for us too. We're going to be included too. We have to walk the talk here. We can't just have a judgment and a fear that we're going to be lonely because we see other lonely people. Okay, if you have that judgment and fear, go hang out with the lonely people. That's, that's just what it is. So be the change. I think that aging, it's so much about being the change. Because the fear is what we see. The fear lies a lot in what we see. When we look at the elder generation, we base our fear and judgment on that. We don't base our fear and judgment on our own reality today. We look 10, 20, 30 years ahead, and that's our judgment and fear. We look into our future by looking at other people who are older than us, okay? So make a change, be the change. Number four, you will no longer be attractive. Then the question is, what is beauty? Why is beauty so connected to youth? And is it true? Is it true that aging will not make us attractive? Is it true that from the day we were born, we became less and less and less attractive? Or is attractiveness, is that like a curve that goes up? And at what age is the peak? Is it 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50? Obviously not 50 because then people become really concerned. But the question is, is who says and is it true? And why do we have this fear? Why do we have this judgment about being attractive? What is even attractive? Is attractive being real? Or is attractive being fake? Is attractive looking young? Or is attractive looking authentic? I leave that up to you. But as I see it, this fear of no longer being attractive, it's a self-love issue. I have the hope that if I love myself, if I keep loving myself and growing in love with myself over the years to come, I think I, I really, really hope that I will loving myself developing over the years to come. And we can actually have role models. We can set role models for ourselves. I think that if you haven't seen the, the series... Um, Grace and Frankie, or is it Frankie and Grace? I don't know. If you haven't seen it, then you have two contrasts, you know. You have Lily Tomlin, who is kind of cool. Uh, I don't know if she's aging naturally or not, but she looks as if she's aging naturally. And she's super cool, flower power, hippie. And then we have Jane Fonda, who is the fittest, coolest, most, you know, um, kind of fixed Elder, elder, yeah, I mean, I think she's 75 plus or something. And she looks like, I don't know, 20, 19, 15, 8. <laughs> I don't know. And you have these contrasts. And I'm like, who am I? Am I Grace? 
Jane Fonda or am I Lily? And I don't, I'm like a mix. I don't know. I, I want to be both. I, some days I want to be as good looking and fit as Jane Fonda. And other days I just feel I, when I am Lily Tomlin's age, I'm going to smoke weed too. So have role models that you feel like, wow, that's a cool person. I feel like, ah, yeah. When I, I can see my mom, you know, if I, if I take away her illness, if I take away those genes, you know, I can see that my mom, she was really hippie-ish, 70s, she was really cool. And I think that she would have aged beautifully if she had taken better care of herself, if she had been aware of her genes and that she was prone to these illnesses then I would see my mom aging super beautifully. Unfortunately, it did not really happen. She ended up in a wheelchair. She ate a lot of bad food crap, you know, no exercise, no nothing. She just like kind of aged into her disease. Um, And she was like a beautiful person. And she did not, she was not, self-aware you know she did not care about her appearance my mom was really really beautiful but she never wore makeup she 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 aged really naturally and I can also see that the way she did not care for herself I don't want to go that road I see her as a role model and I also see her as what I do not want to end up. I don't want to end up in a wheelchair when I'm 65, 70. I really do not want that. I want to stay fit as possible, as long as possible. I really want, you know, to, to be as in good shape as I can be. And that is attractive to me. If I can be attractive to myself, that's enough. You don't have to think that I'm attractive. But if I can feel like I'm, I'm happy to be Shama. I enjoy, you know, being me. And I think that to be attractive and good-looking and that beauty belongs to the young people, it's not true. First of all, it's not true. I, I went to, a, I was at the photo, photo shoot in this, this week and, and the photographer, he said that it's so, it's so amazing now how we are changing, you know, that, that the young models, that the 30, 25, you know, they are like... 13 on a dozen but the elder models in your age there's a different kind of beauty you know it's personality coming through and I can see that this is an opportunity Uh, it's an opportunity to be seen differently so to actually have more people strong confident people in their age showing up and not shrinking because to shrink and become a victim, that's not so attractive. So I think that is one point. The self-love, the self-confidence to go into a victim space and say, I'm no longer going to be attractive. That is not, you know, building you. It's not empowering you. So to just as we do with illness, we take care of ourselves. I do. Every day I take care of myself. I told you. And if it has me being attractive or looking beautiful, or if it's me being healthy, preventing disease, it's the same. The outcome, I get benefits in many areas, in many aspects of my life, if I care for myself today, instead of worrying about the future. I know the future may be like this, so therefore I take precaution. I don't worry about the future. I live here now and I take precaution now. I do what I need to do to love myself and be as healthy and happy as I can be today so that my future will be bright. Okay, so this about beauty and beauty, it's, it's only in the present moment. It's just here now. Be beautiful here now. Be attractive here now. And most likely you're going to be it tomorrow. But to worry about that you will lose something in the future is a terrible, terrible position to be in. So just focus on the now. Let go of the future. It's not here. 
I know a lot about, I mean, all about aging is about us projecting ourselves into the future. So if we can stop that, if we can be healthy now, if we can be attractive to ourselves here now, if we can have friends here now, if we can support others and be a friend here now, our future will look different. Your partner, okay, number five, your partner will find someone younger and more beautiful. Okay, it may happen, especially if you're a woman. Men have a tendency to kind of dump their old wife and find someone else because they have a midlife crisis. It's not about you, sister. Just know that it's not about you, it's about them. If they give you up for someone 20 years younger than you, it's not about you. It has nothing to do with you. It's about them. They have their own crisis. And you know what? You can find someone younger and more attractive. That's also a possibility. The thing is that it's not... I mean, if 10 men do it and one woman, I don't think that it's even that happening. Who says that it's not okay for me to find a man who's 20 years younger than me? I'm not saying I want that, but I'm saying it's a possibility. It's just in my head. It's just in my head saying, I'm not going to do that. That's not for me. Why isn't it for me? Maybe it is for me. This judgment that the one we love, our partner, will find someone younger and more beautiful than us... That's a fear. That's a terrible, terrible fear of being left and abandoned. And if you have that fear, and if you're living with someone, you are ruining your present moment with the partner you have. You either change your mindset or you break up because it's a, a terrible situation. Don't live like that. Don't live with the fear that the partner, the person you love, is going to find someone more attractive and beautiful than you. You are not worth that. Don't live like that. So the question is, is that the right partner if you have that fear? I don't know. It's up to you to say. But I don't want you to live with that fear. And the thing is that the opposite can happen. But I think the most important is, is are you having a good time in your relationship right now? Is it a good relationship today? Are you loving each other today? Then be happy with that. Don't project yourself in a fearful future. This is like, all of this is, we're talking about this, we are projecting a future that is sad, worse, you know, not looking bright and good, and it's not a good situation to be in in the present moment. So if you have that fear that your partner will leave you for someone younger or, and or beautiful, more beautiful than you, look at your relationship today. What brings up that fear? Is it a healthy relationship or do you need to work on that relationship? Do you need maybe to talk about this fear? What, what does it come, where does it come from? Maybe your dad did that to your mother. I don't know. But really, don't ruin the present moment with having that fear. Okay, you see a lot of these judgments are actually fears that we are carrying. And what it does to us, it's, it ruins our present moment. And what I think is the healthiest way to age happily and, you know, not have all these judgments is to enjoy the present moment to do things in the present moment so you have a good life today I am my conviction is that if my life is good today my tomorrow looks bright too it's one day following the other so I'm building I'm planting seeds for tomorrow I'm planting those seeds today and if I plant them in fear I'm going to reap fear tomorrow so the only thing we need to do 
about all these fears and judgments about aging is to live today the way we want tomorrow to be. Okay, we continue. Number six, the happiest time in your life is gone. It's behind you. Who says? Is that so then that you have witnessed so much unhappiness in people aging? What do we take this from? It's like we come to a place of victimhood. That life is over, I'm not going to be happy again, I'm not ever going to have a job again, I'm going to lose my looks, I'm going to lose my health, everything is going down. What, what gave us that impression? Is it because we don't care about our elder people the way we should? I mean, the only thing we can change is ourselves. And we can change a lot. We can change our thinking. We can change our actions. We can change, you know, our relationships. We have every opportunity to change if we have fearful projections for the future. If the happiest time in our life is gone, is behind us, how happy are you today? Once again, I come back to the present moment. If you are unhappy today, I totally understand. If you look back on your life and you see, I was happy then, and then I was happy then, okay. But if you would go back 10 years, or 15 years, or 20 years, and you look into the future, maybe there you will see, oh, and then I gave birth to my child. If you are like me, 53, and I will go back and say, okay, I was, my happiest moments was when I was 25. Okay, but actually I had really happy moments when I was 31, 34, 45, too. So if you go and look at your life, I am pretty sure you can't go back in time and say that nothing happy happened in the future, between then and now. Why would that be the case? And this is the same. You plant your seeds for happiness today. It's not too late to start plant seeds for happiness today. So the question is, are you happy today? What can you do to lift your spirit today? What can you do to cultivate this feeling of being, you know, in a good place today. Because it's today that sets the tone for tomorrow. It's not what happened 10 years ago. It's today. This moment sets the tone for your future. I really, really want to say this, that it's not yesterday who sets the tone. Yesterday set the tone for today. Today, this present moment, when you're listening to my voice... Your intention, you know, what you're doing right now, where you're at, the cup of tea you're drinking, the candle you've lit, or the car you're driving, or the work you're doing while you're listening, is setting the tone for tomorrow. What can you do now to raise your vibration, to raise your positivity and happiness level a little bit? I mean, listening to me, hopefully, gets you a bit, you know, elevated. I hope so. I hope that I bring something to your life. Uh, I would be super happy if you would go to my Instagram and follow me and say, hey Shama, I really enjoyed your podcast. That would make me super happy. And by making someone else happy, you raise your own vibrational level. It's the little things when you've listened to this episode, maybe you call your grandmother or your mother or someone random, old people, person and say, hey, do you need some help? Is there anything I can do for you? Or do you want to tell me your story? How was it when you grew up? How was it to grow up in the 30s or in the 40s or the 50s? I am really curious. Would you like to tell me your story? 
engage, you know, in, into the fear you have. So if you have a fear of aging or judgments around it, engage in those who have aged. Okay, so that is something. The happiest time in your life is here now. It's not gone. Number seven. Now comes number seven, eight, nine. And I think these kind of hang together. And, okay, we take the first one. You will no longer have a purpose. Your purpose in life is gone. Oh, that's a big one. What was your purpose in life? What is your purpose in life? Do you know your purpose in life? Are you God? Is there anyone who knows their purpose? Or do we think we know our purpose? Is our purpose ever to do something, to accomplish something? Or is our purpose perhaps just to be us in life? If our purpose is, say that I I, I have this theory that our purpose is to be ourselves in this life. From the day we are born until the day we are die, we die. Is our purpose lost when we become 50 or 60 or 75? If that is our purpose. If we believe our purpose is to be a mother, that purpose is threatened by a lot. Our kids can break up with us. Our kids can die. God forbid. Not forbid because it happens, but I pray not. Uh, you know, um, our kids move away. They move across the Atlantic and they're no longer present in our lives and so on. If our purpose is solely to be a parent, when this changes, we need to have a new pur purpose. Okay, my new purpose is to be a grandparent. Okay, no, my purpose is to be a founder of this company. My purpose is to be a billionaire. My purpose is to be a, a professor. My purpose is to, um, you know, fight climate change. My purpose is... It's important to have a drive and a passion and feel like you're doing something that you that you have meaning in your life. But if you connect your life purpose with what you do, then that purpose is threatened all the time because life changes and nothing is static in life. But if you feel like your life purpose is to show up as yourself any given Sunday, that's it. You show up as yourself when you're 14. You show up as yourself when you're 25 with the skills you have then. You show up as yourself when you're 40 with four kids. You show up as yourself when you're 70 and you have retired. You know, all of a sudden you play bull or chess uh, at an elderly home and you have still your purpose and that's showing up as you. I find that much, much more comforting because then I can... Let go of trying to accomplish something. And especially if you have an age crisis, if you feel like, oh, then you feel you need to accomplish something new. You need to, oh, what now? Now what? I need to start up something new. My, my kids are leaving. What do I need to do? I need to change. I need to become a goal. I need to start playing golf or I need to, there's so much you need to do. That's not your, as I see it, it's not your purpose. It's an opportunity. It may be super fun, like I do now. I do totally random things. I'm going to bring Charlie and we're going to play a little role in a, a TV series. And Charlie is going to have his first acting moment. And I do it because it's fun. I can do that. Has nothing. It's not that I have a new life purpose to be an actor or a model. Or It's just I do it because it's on my path. I enjoy it. It makes the present moment, my now, happier. So I do it. But it's not that I'm, I'm going to be an actor now. Da, 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 because that's to me, is exhausting. I don't, I don't have to prove myself to anyone. If we feel we have to prove and have a value, a right to live, and prove that we are important, then life is hard. It's really like a struggle. And if... That thing is that we can't age just relaxed and being ourselves. I think that is part of it. 
I think that if aging is like a constant development in self-love, then every new age, every year we add to us is going to be fun, is going to be enjoyable. And we meet new people and we cultivate that. And maybe it's not the people we normally meet because we don't meet them in when building business or when we're raising children, but we meet them in different arenas. And it's just fun, you know? It's a new new path in life. I, I totally embrace this path of aging that I feel like, wow, it's a whole arena that I, I'm totally clueless of. And now I can step into it and feel, how is it really? And what would I like my life to be? So I watched the, the series with Grace and Frankie because it's so, it's so much fun. You know, I love them. I totally, totally love them. Okay, so you will no longer have a purpose, but what, what is the purpose of living? Is that to achieve and accomplish or is it to be? And just because we age, do we stop being? And I think that to actually dive deeper into the being is an opportunity because we will have more time. When kids move out, we will have more time. And it's not, as I see it, more time to be lonely or not more time to not be attractive or not more time to, you know, be sick. It's more time to find out who are we. Maybe we live the whole life where we don't know what we want, who we are. And now is the time to find out. Now is the time to build new relationship. Now is the time to, to engage in new things. And maybe they don't have to be so life-changing. Maybe they just have to add to your present moment and the happiness in your present moment so you can let go of some of the fear of aging. Okay, number seven. You will no longer be important. Okay, and I think that this is something, you know, we are, we have an importance when we work, we have an importance for our children, we have an importance for friends, for building society and so on. And when we age, we are pushed aside, we are no longer important. And then I must again say, how do you look upon elderly people? Why is that we look upon them as not important? Is I totally changed. It, if you have these fears, go and engage with people 10, 20, 15, 30 years older than you and question why do you feel that they are not important? I'm beginning to be an age activist. My grandmother or my daughter's, my child's grandmother, she has been totally, you know, uh, able to live her own life without any support. And just like two months ago, I arranged for her to have someone come clean her home, uh, to take out the garbage and take a walk with her once a week. What happens? She, f she fell and she hit herself, her back. So she ended up in the hospital for one week and a half. Since that, they are at her house three to four times a day. It's like open doors, they just bing, bing, and they come in, hello, here I am, my name is da-da-da, I'm going to, now it's time for shower, da-da-da-da, now it's time to eat, now it's time for this, da, da, da. and they just come, go, come, go, come, go. So she has this intensity of people coming, going, coming, going. I was just laughing so much, I cried. I laughed so much, I cried. It was like, you know, one of these um, plays when people open doors, and shut doors and there's just a new sketch going on like hey hey now um, um, aunt agda is coming and she boom boom and out and we were laughing so much grandmother and me uh, that after being totally isolated for a full year more than a full year now there's an open house at her home every day people coming in and out and i love it and she loves it. You know, we sit there and hang out with these people coming to support her and help her and get to know them. Who was coming now? Hilda came and Pia came. And okay, that's nice. And what did you eat? No, I, we only prepared food. Then she had to leave. She only had 25 minutes, you know, she had to leave. So I, I ate alone and I'm like, okay. But I can really see that this, to the people who work with 
old people, they are so adorable, they're charming, and, and the purpose they have, the talks, the conversations, everything, I'm learning so much. And I'm really learning how important it is. I don't want to lose our grandmother. I'm fighting, fighting to have her life being really valuable and decent and make her healthy back to health again now and so on. Uh, but it's, it's really, for me, it's new. I didn't have to consider this before. And I strongly engage all of us. I'm 53. If you're something my age or if you're younger or whatever, start to engage with people who are older and change some of your own judgments so you can make yours and my future different. This is, we are setting the tone for the future. We are raising our children, even if they're adults now. It's so important because ageism is a factor. It's a great factor, especially in the work area. And when we think, feel that people are not important anymore. But I can actually see that this is an advantage. I'm no longer as important to my children. They don't care so much. And I mean, they care about me, but they're not, you know, it's not like when I lived with them and every day they know what I'm doing, not doing and so on. I have more time of my own. I'm more lonely. Or rather, I spend more time alone. And I do more things that I want to do without caring about what they think or say. So them not caring as much about me this is the last point. You will be invisible. This is when I was eight, I wrote in my little book what I wanted to become when I was an adult. And I wrote, I want to become a football pro or invisible. And what if aging is actually making us a bit more invisible, a bit less important? Isn't that an opportunity? I really, really feel that there comes a point in our life when we can say, I don't give a fuck about what you think. I'm 54 in June. I can do what the fuck I want. No one has the right to tell me that it's not okay. I am a grown-up woman. I can decide what's right and good for me. I have the reason to speak, think, write, be, do. And the good part is I'm no longer so important. People don't care so much, which means it's an opportunity. It's actually a relaxation. It's not a fear. It's a relaxation. It's really like, okay, I can let go of all the pressure, of all the musts, of all I have to be as a mother of all I have to be as an entrepreneur or whatever, I can let go of that and I can just be myself. I can just do my thing, whatever that thing is at the moment today, if it feels good for me, if it raises my vibration, if it adds to my positivity, my happiness. I can do whatever I want. I'm not engaging in self-destructive things. I don't believe in them. I know it's not doing me any good and it's not growing seeds, you know. It's not planting seeds for my bright future. So I do self-loving things, but I don't care so much about what other people think. And the good thing is, I, I'm not as important as I thought I was. And I enjoy that. And maybe that's also wisdom of growing old, that you don't care so much about what other people think. It's easier to be yourself. So actually to have more time and to be a bit less important. Look at your grandparents. Do you think they are cool when they do crazy stuff? When they do things that are random or they just want to do it? We always like, wow, she's so cool. She's doing that. We really, if we don't want to age as victims, we need to change that today.
is here now the present moment. We are aging here now in the present moment and we are setting the tone today. So what I have learned that if I want to age well, I need to engage more with people who are older than me. I need to find role models that I can look up to and I need to be a good person. I need to do for them what I want someone else to do for me. I had this huge realization. My youngest is moving away from home now. It's my last one. And I have this separation, not anxiety, but sadness, grief. And we speak about it. And it's not like I, I you know, put any guilt on her. It's just a phase that is coming to an end. And yesterday morning I woke up and I woke up in a dream. And my immediate thought when I woke up is I'm going to call mom. And I take my phone and then I realize mom is dead. I can't call her. And I begin to cry. And I cried and cried. And I went into the kitchen and I cried. And Maya, she came up and she said, Mom, are you sad? And I said, I'm so sad. I woke up and I wanted to call Grandma. And I just realized she's dead. And I cried. And Maya just hugged me. And she said, and I cried. And I said, Maya, Maya do you know what? When I moved away from home, I never cared about my mom's feelings. I just moved. I just packed my bag and left, never looked back, never asked her, mom, are you sad? Are you going to miss me? I just left. And I cried and Maya said, it's okay, mom. And I said, I'm so, it feels so sad to not be able to talk to my mom and say, mom, how did you feel? Did you miss me? I'm so sorry. I, we didn't speak about this. And... And Maya said that it's like, Mom, that's my biggest fear. My biggest fear is that I'm going to wake up and you're dead. And I'm like, yes, that's why, most probably, that's why we're having this talk now, because we need to talk about things. You know, moms have feelings too. And she just, yeah, sure, I know that. And of course, but I just felt like, okay, I need to express my feelings. I do not need to cover them and shut them down and say, well, well, okay, move out, bye-bye, because it creates something in me. And I also go back then, 40 years back, and I just feel my mom and the sadness that I can't call her and say, I'm sorry, mom. And uh, just to acknowledge that, that we go through changes. And when we are sad, when we have a fear, when we are struck with life is changing now, this is, uh, you know, we face a crisis uh, or a crisis, something happens in our life and then we face our mortality or that we are aging, like I am doing in this present moment. My youngest is moving out. I'm going to be living on my own for the first time in since I was 17. And it really does something to me. And to just be able to express it and to cry a little and share this with my daughter and feel it's okay. And it's not about guilt or, you know, fear of not making it alone. It's just grief. It's a new phase in my life. And then I can continue and see, okay, the opportunity. What, what happens now? What happens now in my life? And I said to her, Maya, do you know what? I'm going to paint this wall pink. And she just screamed and said, can you please wait until I move? So I don't have to live through that. And I said, yes, I'm going to wait until you move. Then I'm going to paint this wall pink. And we laughed. So I think that we have to go through these phases in life and we can go through them being a victim or we can go through them with our authentic feelings of grief and pain and, and then share and cry and we continue. So I think a lot of things, if we are judging ourselves, we have fears about the future and we can change that by being better for ourselves today and also engaging in a better way with people that are older. And when there are judgments society structures, you know, that are unfair, unjust when it comes to the work area. We need to 
you know, join forces and go together and see how can we make a change? How can we make a collective of people with a lot of experience saying that this is not right? To judge us and discriminate us because of age in the work area is not right. So there I welcome you to send me DMs also. Okay, now I need to stop this. A full hour, my God. I need to take the little Charlie and we are going to do this acting today. He's sleeping. He's the cutest now. He's so cute. Okay, I love you. I would so appreciate if you will become a patron. Uh, there's a link in my bio. Uh, just click it. I had some issues. I, I'm not... Sometimes I just make errors, but now I it should be working. So click the link in my bio and you can become a patron for $3 a month. I would totally uh, love that because I need some support to be able to do this. And also, if you send me a DM, makes me really, really happy. And go do something for someone older than you and make your future aging a bit brighter by being the person you want other people to be for you when you age. Okay, I love you. I love you. I love you. Puss.